0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C., quarantined, and today I'm going to be talking with Steph Walton. Uh, she is my good friend, my best friend, running for city council in Oakland. So we're just going to have one of our usual shows, talking about shit. We're going to talk in some shit about some shit, right? <laughs> I'm going to make the intro really brief today and get right to it. Start Me Up is an independent podcast, and it's woman-run. So if you would like to support the show, please consider becoming a monthly subscriber at patreon.com slash startmeup. So when you sign up for any tier, you get... Every show delivered into your mailbox. If you sign up for like like if you sign up for two dollars a month, each show comes directly to your mailbox. I have a patrons only show that I'm doing two times a month. One show is going to be I think this is what I'm doing. One show is going to be solo, just me by myself, and then another show will be me with a guest because I think it's good to mix it up. I'm like trying to go along with you know what kind of feedback I get. And I know a lot of people like the, the two people talking. So it'll just be me once a month by myself for the most part. It may, it may change. I'm just going to kind of gauge and see what you guys think and, and how you guys react to each show. But that that show is eventually going to be for the $5 tier. So if you support the show for $5 a month, um, you, get, you get the patrons only shows. But since I am building that right now, I am making the patrons only shows available for a dollar and up. So you sign up for a dollar, you get all the patrons-only shows. But eventually, I'm just going to close that out once I get whatever enough is, and I'm not sure what enough is, but enough people at the $5 tier because I don't want to put together this whole show for just a few people. Now, I want to say this. A, thank you for everybody who's been signing up because people have been signing up for the $5 tier. I really appreciate it. And eventually, it's going to get to a point where I'm like, okay, so the show... Is closing on down for the $1 tier and it's only gonna be available for people with a $5. Those are the patrons only shows that are two times a month. So just stay tuned for that. This is kind of like I'm going along trying to figure out what's gonna make people the most happy. So that's where I am right now. Um, And also, if you'd like to make a one time donation, you can just check out the text of the Patreon description of this particular show. My PayPal information is included there. So some people just like to do that. They do a one time payment and maybe they'll sign up later. Either way, I appreciate it. And I I really, really, really am grateful. Um, You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher and wherever podcasts are found. It would be so awesome if you could become a subscriber on Apple Podcasts. It's free. And I've been noticing I've been getting more positive reviews. So that's awesome. Thank you. More, please. I need more. It helps the algorithms. It helps me on Apple Podcasts. It gives me a higher ranking and that's all good stuff. So, um, you know, a rating, a review, whatever you can do. Everything over there is free, so I would appreciate it. Now, before I get to my conversation with Stephanie, I asked people on Twitter what they like about being quarantined, which is really shelter in place, but still. What, what do you like about quarantine? I asked this on Twitter and I got like 3,000 responses. Um, we're going to talk about, I think, the main theme that came up uh, on the show but i 'm asking you to comment on this particular show and let me know what you like about quarantine i 'll say that for me as i 've said on the show many times it's it 's not that different. My life has um, not changed very much uh, i don 't like that i can 't see my mom or my dad, but as far as you know my personal experience i mean I work from home and i 'm a homebody anyway so i I kind of like the um, I don't know, there's, like, there's something like this feeling like I don't have to do it. Now I don't have to do it. I'm looking forward to when this is all over and I can go shopping again and feel comfortable. But you know, until then, I'm, just, I'm kind of happy um, just continuing to do what I do. So And I'm building my show. So there's that. <laughs> all right. That's enough of me talking. Please enjoy the conversation between Steph Walton and moi. Welcome, Steph. Who is my comfort food host, co-host? <laughs> food,
1: food being me—the <laughs> main word in that sentence that resonates.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, uh, I'm just—it's funny because I love doing like each and every interview. You know, it's like if I, whatever interview show I love all my shows, but I always look forward to like this week was great because I talked to Sarah on Monday, Sarah Wood. And I I'm talking to you today and I'm and it's like it's just comfort food week for me. It's like comfort co host week for me. It feels mm-hmm. it just Excellent. feels
1: so easy. Amazing.
0: I mean I prepare we for need, every show. We need comfort, right? Yes, now, you I know. Pr- I, I prepare mean- for every show, but when I prepare for the shows with you guys, it's like easier. I don't have to go watch interviews with you to see what, you know, like if I interview an actor or if I'm like interviewing some kind of political person, I have to do a little bit of research and I don't have to research you. I just already know.
1: <laughs> you already know I'm Craig Craig.
0: <laughs> okay. So I want to start today's show with, I asked a question um, yesterday on, fa- on Twitter, I'm sorry. And as I said, what is one thing you like about quarantine? And I got over 3000 answers. So I'm not going to be able to read them all. Um, but yours was funny cause you said eating. <laughs> <laughs> I like that no matter Love what Love eating. Um, yes, me too. Eating is just divine. Except although I will say this, I'm not like a happy homemaker. Um, Bob has his own food thing. Like he, he eats, he, you know, he works out and so he eats very healthy and a lot, So he has several meals throughout the day. The only thing that I prepare for him um, on Mondays and Wednesdays, I do chicken in the slow cooker and I make him a salad. So then he puts like the chicken in the salad and that's what he has for dinner. But during the course of the day, you know, he's eating several meals. Uh Uh-oh.
1: Uh-oh, here I am. Oh. Anyway. Anyway. Jesus. (laughs) By the way, the internet is taxed. What do you mean? Oh, oh, oh. oh, Like. Yeah. I know. My son was like, Mom, why can't I get any data on my phone? Like, oh, get
0: honey, get everybody's well, trying to get data on yeah, phone.
1: Right yeah, anyway, I not think I'm just going to – I think we're solid right now. I'm
0: not going to even edit that part out. Just FYI, everybody who's listening, we are working on this um, site that we're connected on, and occasionally it just dips out. So if it dips yeah, out it for did. a long period of time, I will um, – but I'm going to leave that little – sounded anyway I mean, so
1: I like the sound anyway please continue going
0: back to Bob as you were as I was um so so you know Bob has his meals and everything and then um so Saturdays are usually the day that I prepare something for us to eat for dinner but Saturdays are are tough because it's like I don't I, I don't feel like dealing with food like I mean I don't want to make it I just want we used to get dinner from what's that place called Panera We always get it from Panera. And I get they have these like, uh, what are they called? They're bowls. So they've got like either quinoa or rice or whatever. And then they have like a Mexican bowl and they have a Greek bowl. And I love them. And they have the best potato chips in the world. But it's like now I have to prepare. So wow, wow, wow. But I found that it was so interesting because when I asked this question, I had the idea that there would probably be a lot of people who liked the slowdown. You know, it's like we're in this rat race all the time. We're in the car, we're in traffic, we're rushing around. And this has slowed us down so much. And I was right. So many people are commenting that, not, you know, it's an opportunity to get back in touch with your family, to spend time with your family. Um, some people who are loners really appreciate this time. The ones who I feel most sad for are the people who are, you know, like loners who don't like being alone. But my dad pointed out to me last night, he's like, can you imagine being a single mother and a nurse right now or a doctor? Like, oh my God, that would be so fucking scary. And then of course there are the women and children who are with an abuser. You know, maybe, maybe they had a plan of getting out prior to this, uh, COVID thing but now they're stuck. I mean, you know, everybody has their story, but the domestic violence has risen during this time. Right. And so, you know, I was thinking about And you're that. trapped with that person. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, at least during normal times, usually that person's at work. Maybe you're at work. The kids are at school. Now everybody's home. And, right. um, you know, it's just, it's like really, I can't imagine what kind of hell that would be. I mean, I can, but oh. I'm fortunate that I don't have to worry about it in my own life. But, Um, but people, it's just reading the answers are so much fun. People are talking about, um, especially I think mostly people are saying it's family time, going, spending time with their animals, no more school shootings. Um, you know, Steve Marmel said clear skies. Um, some, somebody, who is this? Um, stuff Rocky said, who's a follower said more time with regular and foster kitties. Oh my God. And he has two pictures uh, or has a picture of these two little black foster kittens and they're so cute. So it's like, I'm just wondering like if this time is going to make people want more of this, like when everybody has to go back to work, we keep having these technical difficulties and it's just annoying, but whatever. So um, yeah, I mean, I forgot what I was saying.
1: See, the- you were talking about, um, <laughs> you know, you were talking about the things that people like and you started saying, oh, yeah, we're all going to get like, we're going to get no used to this shooting, and then we got to go back to work. And, so and that's going go to be hard.
0: That's going to be hard for what people. does it
1: mean? Think about this. What does it mean for all of the commercial office space? Yeah, that people are paying huge, huge yeah. money for when business has gone on. I mean, it's, you know. Businesses need a physical space, but do they need that much physical yeah. space? I'm wondering like what happens with the, you know, the law firm that had ten thousand square feet in an office building mm-hmm. that they're paying, you know, sixty thousand dollars a month for in San mm-hmm. Francisco, but they could really get by with two thousand. Yeah. And, you know, as long as they've got a conference room and a couple of 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 closed door meeting spaces, that would work. How does that, what does that mean? Does that mean that now we're gonna have to repurpose that commercial space and it can become residences? Like in in a place like Oakland, where housing is, there is a crisis, there isn't enough of it. There isn't enough affordable and low income housing and that feeds this homelessness crisis that we are in here. You know, Mm -hmm. we have 4,500 homeless people in the city of Oakland we're failing Mm -hmm. so let's take a look Mm -hmm. at what's happening right now where we're all sheltered how can we adjust so that when we come out of it maybe it means you know like i said we repurpose the space and people people have a roof over their heads Yeah, well, who, you know, um, I I don't know. It just it my mind starts working. This is the kind of stuff that's going on in my head at night when I lie in bed.
0: Well, here's Um, something I talked with Ben Cohen of the Daily Banter last Wednesday, and he he posted this on Facebook. He said, this is what I think a sane society would look like post COVID. One, a four day work week that includes flexibility to stay home. Two, means tested universal income. Three, school to be cut down to four days per week and staggered. So not all students are in one building at the same time. Four, a scheme that would allow renters to build equity in their homes that could help them buy or be transferred to new properties. Uh, Five, massive carbon tax to fund green energy drive. Six, increased taxes on corporations and wealthy plus closed loopholes. Seven, economic incentives to help regenerate environment and create sustainable communities. Maybe point point system for consuming less, creating less waste that can be used to offset taxes. And then last, Huge investment in preventative care, diet, mental health, and in in the healthcare system. Yeah, sure. Mm. (laughs) Those are some Mm -hmm, good ideas. mm -hmm. I mean, it's like... It's like there's so many alternative ways, and there, there was an article, and I've mentioned this before, but there was an article on Medium by this guy who was like, okay, look, be prepared for the onslaught of the push of getting back to normal. And what that's going to look like from corporations and politicians, it's going to come from both liberal and Republican, is going back to the way we were, the unhealthy way we were. Because the people who were, you know, the corporations are going to be losing money and they're afraid, so they want us to be hooked on their stuff. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff that's unnecessary. And really, it's going to be about us deciding whether we accept that or not. Because it's, And the thing is, is the push is going to be all about our comfort. You know, it's basically choosing. I use this, kind, this um, example when I was talking about Biden and Warren before, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like, they're going to sell us the plate full of fattening, cl- cl- artery-clogging food because it's comfortable and they're going to say, we need to get back to normal. We need to get back to our comfortable, but we, we, we what we really need is a plate with fish and kale and like quinoa. <laughs> That's what we need. But, you know, are we going to go for the obvious comfort, which is going to continue to harm our environment and continue to promote inequality? You know, I mean, it's really up to us. We have to figure yeah. out what we're going to accept because this, this virus has shown us um, what things look like, you know, there's some positives. I mean, of course it's all fucking scary and nobody wanted it, but now that we've got it, um, we, we can look at life through a different lens and we can see how quickly,
1: how how quickly mother nature is repairing herself. Right. And uh, yes. And I don't, I don't mean to, um, I love that because I'm looking out my window right now and I can see the Bay bridge and I can see the Salesforce tower and I can see the cranes out at the port of Oakland. Um, and it's a little hazy, but there are very few cars on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been good, you know. I, I heard something about <clears throat> how there are very few. I, I don't know some sort of seismic activity in California, which is always a concern yeah. for Californians, right. right? Like I lay in bed sometimes and go, "When's that next earth earthquake mm-hmm. going to hit?" If my dog starts acting trippy, I'm like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. You know, they what had
0: I mean? one in L.A. last night.
1: They did. Yeah,
0: I don't know how big it was, but I was just I was watching people online um, on Twitter, and they were like, "Oh, okay, we just had an earthquake." So I don't. Well, I, it was like a jolt, a quick jolt.
1: Okay. Well, I, I I don't know where I read it uh, in passing, and it was a couple weeks ago, but it, it was it, it said that this this you know sheltering in place has had a positive impact on seismic activity has decreased. Interesting. Um, I don't. You know, I'm I I hey who knows what the hell I've heard and seen in the last 40 <laughs> days or however long it's been, you know what I mean? But, uh, I, I do, you know, I, I read something very quickly in, in passing this morning that said, you know, it, yeah, we're, we're inside our homes, but we have food, mm-hmm. we have toilet paper, mm-hmm. we have means to keep ourselves safe. And there are people who are struggling the most vulnerable people in our communities it's so much harder for them. Yes. And, and so I don't, you know, um, I think someone had mentioned something like we're quarantined. We're not quarantined. We're choosing to self isolate. Right. Well, I think, you know what um, I said?
0: Quarantine is the new Google. It's like Xerox, like Xerox. Right. It's kind right. Of like you just right. use quarantine as a way everyone understands what you're talking True.
1: about. Right. Like I need a Kleenex. I, I'm quarantining. I, I feel you, but yeah. I just, you know, I, I worry, you know, um, Uh, right here in, in my town, Mm -hmm. there are people who rely on um, the, the food programs at their public schools. And so, you know, that's really cool that, you know, Oakland Unified has 12 distribution points across the city where people can go and pick up Breakfast and lunch, it used to be breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, when when the kids go to school, it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But in during this period, it's yeah. breakfast and lunch every day of the week. Yeah. You go Mondays and Thursdays. You pick up. You tell them how many kids you have. And then there, the Alameda County Food Bank is also doing bags full of staples, you know, um, and, and, and the pickings are kind of slim right now. Like it started off a few weeks ago, there were, they were putting like beef stew that looked really freaking delicious, fresh (laughs) veggies, fresh fruits, Mm -hmm. canned veggies, canned fruits, Mm -hmm. pasta, Mm -hmm. oats, peanut butter, milk. Um, uh, Monday when I went, it was two jars of peanut butter, two packs of pasta, only canned Um, tomato sauce for the pasta uh, and some canned veggies. That's it. Nothing. Mm. So they, it's dwindling because the need is so great. There's a scene, there's a group and and I'm just, just giving people, I just want to, I just want to put it out there because I think it should be on our radar. Mm -hmm. You know that the the food banks need anything we got. Yeah. Anything like, I mean, literally like a $5 donation Mm -hmm. go because the pickings are so slim and folks who rely on this stuff. This is all they have in many cases. Mm -hmm. But one of the most, you know, it's, it's also, um, it's pretty amazing. Like there are, they've got diapers now for kids. They have cat and dog food. Okay. Because they, this, these people are thinking, yeah. And they're giving and it's right. all coming from a place of like, what does the right. what do yeah. people need right now? You know, um, um, and they're not turning anybody away. I have been there where the food has run out. Yeah. Um,
0: wow. Which
1: is a heartbreaker. Yes. Um but uh, there are you know, look around, I mean, I'm here in California and in Oakland. there are cool organizations like the Alameda County Food Bank, right? Mm-hmm. They need your money, yeah, um, you could Google it, okay <laughs> yeah. and find out and find out where, you know, where can I donate? Um, cause right now it's money that they want. Yeah. There's this super cool organization, a nonprofit called spectrum community services for anybody that's listening here. And I'm not trying to, I, I, I'm not trying to make an ad out of this or, or bogart the conversation, but this is like, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. This is what, this is where the greatest need is. Mm-hmm. And it just takes sometimes spreading the word. Right. Yeah. So spectrum, they focus on feeding seniors um, in Alameda County and in Oakland, there are, there are a ton of places where, you know, senior living centers, senior, senior centers where people would go to congregate, hang out, um, play cards, have meals, um, they can't do that anymore. Cause you can't get eight to a table. So what's happening now is many of these distribution sites are you, you register, you say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to come for the one meal a day that's being provided. Yeah. And also to have a little bit of interaction with human beings who care about yeah. me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I went out to check out the North, North Oakland senior center, which is in my district. And first of all, the people who are working at the North Oakland senior center are literally the most lovely human beings I've come across in a while, hmm. but but Spectrum, who provides the food to be distributed distributed at this site and many others, they said that the need has increased since we've been sheltering in place, the need has increased by 63%. Wow. 63%. Because a lot of these people are compromised. They can't get out to yeah. a grocery store, right? Um, they They miss that interaction. So they're coming out for one meal a day, Spectrum is doing four thousand meals wow. a week oh my God. for senior citizens. So if you're in Oakland, mm-hmm. or if you're anywhere and you want to give to folks who are going to benefit in Oakland and Alameda County, Spectrum Community Services will take your take your yeah. money and put it to, to put it to great use. And
0: then you can also just you know check out the area where you live too if you want to work locally because absolutely every everybody's experiencing this problem and totally yeah so i mean kids need to eat seniors need to eat and this is you know i mean Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there who um you know like me i'm i'm really fortunate because i don't i'm not starving i'm not you know i already work from home um Mm -hmm. fortunately my income which i'm trying to grow wink wink nudge, nudge, um, is, (laughs) although only if you can afford it, um, is, you know, it's dependent on my listeners. It's not dependent on a paycheck from somebody else. So, um, you know, I mean, it's, I have a different situation, so I'm fortunate that way, but you know, it's frightening. And I mean, no matter what, no matter what, there are some really good things that could come out of this virus. And I hope that we, I hope that we recognize that moving forward. Um, Mm -hmm. And that we do that we ignore the calls for comfort that are, are really not comfortable in the long run, but you mm-hmm. know, t- so many things in this country have been ignored, like you know the water um, in Michigan, and just so there's so many things, and then of course Trump has undone so many things that Obama has done, and so we have this opportunity, and I just I really do hope that we rise up and figure it out. But I, I want to kind of change the subject now because this is interesting to me. Okay. So there's an article in the Washington post titled Joe Biden to name selection panel for running Mate by May 1st. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here's a quote in the article. The first, the most important quality Is someone who, if I walked away immediately from the office for whatever reason, that they can be president. He added that he wants the public to be able to see his pick as, quote, capable of being president of the United States tomorrow. Hmm. Now, of course that would be for any president, that would be any vice president criteria, right? Because that's the whole point. You know, if the, if something happens to the president, the vice president needs to step in. We're all very well aware of this, but in this particular case that he said that I have been saying that whoever he chooses is likely going to become president. And, and it's not some, some macabre reason. He's just freaking 80, and he may not have the stamina to deal with this huge fucking thing that's going to have to he's going to have to deal with it's going to be huge. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he's no matter what, like, even if Joe Biden were to last he's four years, if he's going to if he's going to stay and he's going to last, he's, he's going to hire people who are going to do a lot of the work because that's a lot. Presidents do that. You know, I'm going to I'm going to hire an expert to tell me how to do this and an expert to how to do that. And he's going to surround himself with a very capable candidate uh, cabinet. Totally. But, but saying this is such an indication to me, and, and 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 if that's the case, like even like, it might be in the plan. You know what I mean? Like I I, I think that it's very possible. You know, I was talking to my friend, who said I don't think that he's going to choose the VP because of because I said I think part of the selection process will be somebody who can take over, and my mm-hmm. friend said, well, I think it's more um, who can help beat Trump. Well, obviously we need somebody who can help beat Trump, but. I do think this person um, is, uh, you know, whoever, I'm, I always put Obama there because I know Obama's there. So it's Obama and then all the advisors and everybody. And I think part of this is, okay, Joe's probably going to let, maybe, and maybe Joe's part of this, just saying, okay, two years. If they're going to, if the plan is that the the vice president will step in, then it needs to happen much sooner than later. Because it, I think it's going to be between Harris or Warren. Um, mm-hmm. what's, uh, Sarah Wood made a really strong point for Stacey Abrams. So either, either way, whoever it is, um, what was I going to say? Um, I think that no matter what, now I'm forgetting my point and I hate that. I hate that. Cause I went off into a oh. tangent, but, um, I, I just think that, I think it's kind of like they know, I think they know that Biden will, pro- oh, I know what I was going to say is that no matter what woman steps into this position, she's going to have a huge uphill battle in 2024 because she's a woman. If she's a woman of color, it's even harder. So Mm -hmm. we need that woman, that capable woman, and I trust, whether it's Abrams, Harris, or Warren, I I believe that they are all kick-ass and capable and would do a phenomenal job. Um, They need the time to show the American voters because American voters are still really afraid of voting for a woman and then add some color in their skin, it makes them even more afraid. So, um, uh, unfortunately, but if we have an opportunity to see whoever it is in there doing a really, really strong job, maybe some of that fear will go away and they'll be like, wow, she's really fucking great. I feel very confident voting for her. So that's what that's what I think. I mean. And it's like, you know, we've talked so much of my show has talked about who possibly it could be. But then I just want to add my little pet peeve because it fucking drives me crazy. Every time you <laughs> post about I mean, like, everybody has their favorite. Of course, everyone has their favorite. Um, But it's like, that's just your favorite. And then it's going to be who it's going to be because the decision making is not just based on your, you know, somebody's personal, oh, I really like Elizabeth Warren or I really like Kamala Harris. It's not based on that. It's based on a number of factors, including internal polling that they're aware of and we're not. So it's like my pet peeve is like every time you post about who might be a a VP, everybody gets on there acting as if Joe Biden is listening to them you know it's like <laughs> they get so like no it can't be stacy Hare or stacy abrams because this and no it can't be elizabeth warren it's like you know what you know you can have your opinion but give me a fucking yeah. break they, they go no right. not her and it's like it's gonna be who it's gonna fucking be get over it and get excited you know what i don't care who it is i will jump a fuck it's not gonna be amy klobuchar i know it because she's too close she's not exciting and she's too close well, that,
1: so you, you yeah you said i don't care who it is because it Amy Klobuchar is out of the d- the discussion.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I, I like I'd Amy be fine Klobuchar, with her. We her,
1: we need her in the Senate. Yeah.
0: I'd be fine with her. If it were her, I would still be happy, but I just don't think it's going to be her because strategic, like in a strategic point of view, she's not bringing anything new. He's already mm-hmm. like, they are very similar politically. So, um, you know, Midwest, he's got the Midwest, he's going to get the Midwest yeah. Democrats. So, um, it's like, I think it's going to be between Abrams, Harris, and Warren. I really think it's between Harris and Warren because they ran for president and because they've been, you know, I mean, Harris has, or I'm sorry, Abrams has, does have experience as Sarah Wood pointed out. Um, but, and you know, I mean, my first pick is Warren, but whatever, I don't care. I'm not like pushing anybody on it. Any, you know, it's like, I'm not pushing Warren on anybody because she's my pick. It's like, that's mine. You know, and then people want to go, no, we need her in the Senate. Well, of course we need her in the Senate. But you know what? Joe Biden and and his advisors are going to be figuring out what they're going to do. They're looking again at internal polling that we cannot see. And so whatever decision they're going to make, I think we all just need to. I saw somebody on my Facebook page say never Harris. And it's like, well, if you're not going to vote for Joe Biden, if he chooses Harris, let's not be Facebook friends. Because I don't need the shit in my life,
1: you know? Never, Harris. Who who are these folks? <laughs> Let me ask you something, because you're you're smarter than me. No, I'm um, not. About this sort of stuff. Yeah, Obama. <laughs> it, it, I think you might be more aware of this than I am. Um, what, uh, what happens if he picks Warren, mm-hmm. or they pick Warren, the selection committee picks Warren, <laughs> and... Um, and then she has to vacate her Senate seat and she lives in a state and, and governs in a state that has a Republican governor. Mm -hmm. Does Matt, do you know if Massachusetts has, um, they
0: have special elections they would hold. I think they do. Yeah. And I think that it's a a certain period of time. So, um, but I think that I think part of this would be, you know, clearly they're going to be looking at internal polling when it comes to, how, what kind of grip they may have on the Senate, so if they're feeling really confident about winning the Senate and getting power back, then they might say all right if 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 Warren was their you know first choice, and they're going to look at that, then they would say, "All right, can we afford to lose her and mm-hmm. you know right. and, and they'll decide it from there. I mean, obviously it would be easier with Kamala Harris because she's in a blue state or she's right. got a, a blue governor. So, um, you know I mean? And that, that's something that's really needs to be considered, but you, you know, each woman brings their own vulnerabilities and baggage baggage and each woman brings her own strength. So I think that there's
1: funny that like we, we're, we're, and this is not, this is not to, um, um, you know, call you out for what you just said, but like we're women and we, and especially women of our generation, Kimberly, we're so used to, to like, we've accepted, like each woman brings her own vulnerability. Right. You know, well, but I would say that no about ever, a man. No one ever says that. Shit but I would men. say that no about a man. Ever, I
0: would say that about a man in the case of this, like in this context, if you're going to be looking at a VP because you're looking at a strategic point of view. So each right. person who you're looking at is going to have their own set of vulnerabilities and their own set of strengths. And so that it's just basically about weighing them. So I get your point because women are always pointed out for their vulnerabilities. But in, the, like I said, in this particular case, though, if if we were talking about all men, and we were and we were OK with that. and We weren't like recognizing that no man, women were involved. If we were, you know, like in past elections before women really started coming into play, then I think I would feel the same way because it's like, all right, who can we afford? Who can we afford to keep? Who can we afford to or, you know, you know, lose the Senate seat and and each person? You know, I mean, I look at Tim Kaine. He threw everybody for a loop when you I was disappointed when Hillary Clinton first chose him. Um, because he wasn't exciting, he wasn't somebody that right. got the base excited. But when you when you read his resume, he was extremely impressive. And
1: Super as, impressive. Yeah,
0: and as much as I, um, you know, would like to see pro choice Democrats that are personally pro choice, he was personally pro life. But then he was voting for pro choice, and I can't ask for more than that from somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't believe in abortion. If you understand mm-hmm. that it's not your choice to make, then I think that's completely representative of the whole abortion debate. It's like, you know, do what you're going to do privately. Don't tell me what to do. So I actually right. respect anybody if they're personally against abortion, if they recognize that that is not, you know, my choice is, is my choice and, and they shouldn't have a decision on that. I, I really do respect that. Um but yeah, so I mean, I don't I don't know. It'll be you know, I mean, I don't know what this the selection panel is even going to mean. But it'll be interesting. And I can't wait to see what this is going to be all about. Like, what is the selection panel? I didn't read the whole article. The, I just I got like to the second paragraph where Biden said the most important quality is someone who if I walked away would <laughs> for whatever reason. I well, mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, like I stopped for- reading it there and I went, holy shit. Yeah, he's, he's planning on leaving. I, I really think that. And, you know, as sad as it is, um, you know, I was, I was talking to Feminist Next Door a while back, and, you know, she's hopefully she's going to be on the show on when, next Wednesday, but we'll see. You know, I know that sometimes her schedule gets crazy. But she was like, it shouldn't have to be that a man, you know, pu- pulls a woman in. It should be just that the woman should be able to go in on her own, and she's absolutely right. It should be, but we're living in a fucking patriarchal, country with a lot of sexism. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, as much as I would prefer a woman to stand on her own and make it on her own, if if we get a woman president because Joe steps down, I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) It's not the preferred way to do it. I'd rather one of those women got the nomination and then beat Mm -hmm. Trump. But we're not living in that world right now. So in order what is it going to take to get to that world? If it's going to take a white man to like hold her hand up there and then go here, here you go. You know, I'll take it because what it's going to mean is it's going to mean we have a woman president and I'll fucking take it. And then, and then hopefully that woman will show us how fucking badass she is and everybody will go, Oh, we should have done this a long time ago. Well, you
1: know, anybody that's not, um, anybody who can't, uh, acknowledge how effective women leaders are. Take a look, take a look around the world Yeah. At the Angela countries Mer- Angela who are Merkel. handling this. Uh, Angela Merkel. Um, I, and forgive me. Um, I, I can't remember all of their names, but let, let's, let me cite the countries, Iceland, Norway, yes. uh, New Zealand, um, uh, Germany. Um, you know, the list goes on and yeah. on and on. And these are the countries where, um, they're handling this pandemic better than anywhere else. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the women are kicking ass and it's clear. And so, but it still has not translated into women leaders. And then we've got a huge part of the country that has been brainwashed by Fox news and toxic talk radio. And they think that, I mean, I, I think that they would be, I think their tune would change. If it were Nikki Haley or or some woman running, Uh, I think that they would be excited to vote for that kind of a a woman. But when it comes to a Democratic woman leading this country, we are not there yet as far as acceptance, because look what happened. I mean, look what happened in the primary. All of the women, with the exception of Tulsi, who had to drop out were more. I I don't want to say more qualified. They weren't more qualified than Joe Biden, but they were just as capable, if not more. And so, um, you know, we're just, it's like, it's like telling a teenager don't have sex or, or or let me rephrase that. It's like saying teenagers shouldn't have sex. They're going to have sex (laughs) no matter how much you think they should or shouldn't do anything. They're going to do what they're going to do. So it's like, yeah, we should have a female leader, but right now we're, We're just, you know, I mean, and and we've gone kind of backwards. We live in a patriarchy. So thanks.
1: Come again. (laughs) Yeah. And then,
0: and Trump has made it worse. Trump has, um, although, you know, one thing I will say, Trump has made it worse, but he's also made it better because every election we've had since Trump has um, seen a growth of women candidates, women voters. So in some ways, you know, we have passed the equal rights amendment. Um, it still has a legal battle to go through, which is another reason to just vote fucking blue no matter what down ticket, everything. But because those are the, if we have a blue Congress, then they're just going to say, all right, we don't need to worry about the deadline anymore. We're just going to extend it and poof, it's over. We have the ERA. Right. So um, anyway, um, you know, I just, I think that it's weird because it's like on one hand, it's, ex- it still is extremely patriarchal, but women are standing up and we're saying, you know, and then speaking of that, now, did you happen to watch uh, AOC on Rachel Maddow last night? Yep. I want to know your thoughts because I I certainly have some.
1: Okay, so I I watched part, I watched um, a good portion of it. Um, What do you, what do you, well, basically, you know, I was,
0: I've kind of, I've always appreciated her ability to fight the Republicans. I've always appreciated that she's intelligent. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I didn't want to make my mind up about her completely until I really watched because I was afraid that she might be a little um, disruptive. I didn't know. I, I'm not going to say I was afraid. disruptive
1: when she was elected.
0: Yeah. Just like yeah. trashing Democrats. I did. I, I, I'm I mm-hmm. not going to say that I was worried that she did. I just wanted to see what she would do because there are some, you know, like I, I th- I'm going to help. I say her name right. Rashida Tlaib. I yes. think she was the one who booed Hillary Clinton on stage. That is unnecessary. Even if she doesn't mm-hmm. like Hillary Clinton to do that publicly as a sitting member of Congress is extremely it's destructive. Aside from poor taste, it's especially in this environment with Trump and everything in the in the toxic Republicans to boo Hillary Clinton. E- yeah, that was wrong.
1: horrifying. It's wrong. That was,
0: yeah. and, and it's destructive to our own party. And and right. I'm not saying that you have to like Hillary Clinton, but you should at least respect, you know, who she is and what she's What's done. What's the point of that? What's the yeah. point of that? You're
1: a sitting it's, member of Congress. Yeah, What's it's the divisive. Point of that behavior.
0: It's divisive. So I yeah. didn't know if AOC, um, where she was going to go. I mean, she clearly, she voted for Nancy Pelosi to be Speaker of the House. And I know they've gotten into it a few times, but I don't care. I don't mind because I think that when you're running a country, you're not always going to agree. And and right. so sometimes you have it out and that's okay. And as long as you're not destroying your own party, um, then I get it. So what I was noticing from her is that like she sold me now, I, I, unless she does something awful, which I don't think she'll do. Um, she has sold me because she, to me, is like Elizabeth Warren. She, she pointed out she didn't attack Democrats. She went after Congress as a whole and scolded them for shutting down and going into a recess with the equivalent of two months of, of people not being able to pay rent. She's like, you know, we're supposed to go into a recess until May 4th. That equals right. two months of people not being able to pay rent and we're on a recess. Now I, I, you know, they could still govern with zoom. They could still go, I mean, or maybe not zoom, but there's a way that they could still be in touch with each other and not have to stand together shoulder to shoulder. Um, but to recess while we're going through this, she would, she, right. you know, points, it's un- There's
1: unfinished business and people are hungry and we don't have, you know, businesses all across the country are not getting what they were promised. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so, um, you know, I, I, I have many friends who are merchants here in in my district who are still waiting, mm-hmm. still waiting. and it's scary. I know. it you know, when you can't pay your employees and your your landlord still needs, to be, you know, I mean, they're, they need to pay a mortgage. Mm -hmm. When are you going to be able to pay this? It's, it's frightening. Yeah. And so she's
0: basically, she's saying we are paid by the American people and we are not doing the job that's helping the American people. And, and, and not only that, she does it in a tone that is um, positive. And, and, you know, like when, when Elizabeth Warren sees a problem within the democratic party, she doesn't scream. Mm-mm. Democratic establishment she doesn't tear democrats down what she does is says okay we have a problem here and here's the solution here's how we fix it and then that way nobody you know it's like democrats aren't perfect and you know like for instance back in 2013 when i was going after senators and and reps who were not signing on to a resolution it wasn't even a vote just signing on to a resolution to support getting rid of the um expired deadline on the ERA you know i went after i was like i will be the attack dog i have nothing to lose i had a number of facebook pages that i could post my blog on so the blog that i was writing on wasn't like so popular that everyone knew about it but i had access to very large political facebook pages and it was a number of them so what i would do is like i would send a um email to the chief of staff And I would be like, all right, here's what, you know, I'd like to know what Senator X opinion is. Like, are they going to sign the resolution? If they're not, would you please give me a statement? Because I'm going to be writing a blog that's going to go on all these pages. And and I would list each page the count of (laughs) likes. And, um, you know, and it was definitely a threat. But it was a threat to let them to be of transparency. You know, it's like we want to see you're a fucking Democrat. You should be supporting the ERA no matter what. It's a no brainer. You should fucking support it. It's not even a fucking vote. And so, you know, and it made me feel sick to do it. I hated doing it. And, and I went after Mark Warner in, in Virginia. And, you know, I mean, I, I fully went there because I got, basically we got a pat on the ass by the chief of staff and I sent them the blog posts that I was planning on posting. And and I I compared him to a disappointing like relationship or something. I don't know what I did. But it was like, imagine you, <laughs> you know, met this guy and you thought he was gonna be so great and then he just turned out to be this big fucking dud. And and I really went off on him. I mean we didn't rip him up completely new, but I I totally shamed the fuck out of him. And it only took a few hours for uh his office to get a hold of one of the ERA ladies who called me and they're like, okay, 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 he's he's considering it. And so I put an update and it's like, okay, Mark Warner is considering it. He's considering considering yeah, it. women are equal. And then, and then he finally did. He finally said, I will, I will vote for it. Or I, I'm sorry, I will sign. And it was like, Jesus Christ, Good. just to sign. But it was like, it, it, you know, and then there were some, there was some fucking asshole in, 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 Illinois. Can't remember his name. He just didn't even care. He never, he never answered me. His chief of staff ignored me. I wrote articles uh, about a Democrat. Him. Yeah, I was a Democrat. And I wrote articles about him. He just didn't care. And then, interestingly, I met this, I knew this woman who was working on the ERA in Illinois. His name was Brad something. And um, so she was able to get him to sign on because she had she she had some kind of like she could get him into a dinner that he wanted to be uh, some kind of dinner, some kind of fundraiser, whatever it was. So he wanted something. And She's like, okay, well if you want this, you gotta sign on to the that that's why he did it. He didn't do it because he believes women should be recognized in the constitution. Mm -hmm. He did it because you know. So but then but the thing is is that was 2013 and I really I went after whoever was not supporting it. And in twenty fourteen I stopped because it was Mm -hmm. an election year. So it's like Mm -hmm. I think we do need to push our our Congress. We do need to push the people who are representing us because sometimes they get lazy. Sometimes it's their fault. Sometimes it, it it isn't their fault. It's just that they have to spend so much of their time raising money that they they barely have any time to do anything else. And and that needs to change. That's not mm-hmm. their fault. That's the system that they are in. And we, we, yeah, we we
1: have to we have to push.
0: Yeah. So I mean, we have I, to. Of so course. I like that AOC pushes. That doesn't yes. bother me. But it's how does she push? If you boo. Uh, an establish, you know, a democratic establishment person. No, that's not how you do it. Um, uh-uh. you, you, you don't boo them. You can point out why you think that they're not helping, but you don't, you know, boo them and you off, always offer a solution. Always. And that's what AOC is doing. That's what Elizabeth Warren does. And, you know, they're more progressive. And I, I just I just think that, you know, I watched AOC and I thought, you know, she's I know there are still people out there who don't like her. And I think they 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 put her in this Bernie bro group. But she's not. You know, I mean, she, you know, she, I know she, um, she and she's still not ready to endorse Biden. And I'm not going to hold that against her because I think it's perfectly fine for the progressive wing of our party to push Biden to be more progressive. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no, I don't have a problem with that at all, because no, I, I would love to no. see more progressive policies. And you know they're not going to get their way. It's going to result in some kind of a compromise. But I think that, that that's how we keep getting progress. We just keep pushing and pushing. And, you know, it will be incremental. But the alternative is Trump. So, yes,
1: you know, <laughs> I mean, we've said we've said some crazy things in the past, but it's like, oh, a flaming bag of hair or Trump. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's it. I don't even I don't have to waste a moment no. of my time <laughs> making a decision. I I know. Like, that's 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 yeah. a foregone conclusion. Yeah. And if we I can push Biden to,
0: to, to be more progressive and to take out, you know, to get the $15 an hour or to pay, you know, take care of, um even mm-hmm. a certain amount of, 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 of school loan debt or, you know, lowering the age for Medicare for all, whatever, or Medicare for all, it's not for all, but you know what I mean? Lowering the whatever right, right, it right. is, it may not be the, like what you want, but it's something. It's something in that direction. And he's already taken on a couple of, uh, he's, I, you know, he's already taken on at least one of Warren's and at least one of Bernie's. So I believe there will be more and I know they're listening. I know they're listening and they understand yes, yes. that, you know, um, that this country, the young people of this country, even though they hadn't shown up to vote in the primary, um, that they are our future. And, th- and, and now young people are, are never going to forget this experience with COVID. They will never, ever forget it. This will be like a defining kind of thing in our lives, especially young people, because moving forward, they're always going to remember you know, wow, look what happened. And we need to be able, hopefully they'll say we'll need to be able to prevent this and put, you know, security blankets in place or, you know, any kind of security in place so that if we have another pandemic or whatever it is, because, you know, this isn't just about the pandemic. We're going to be moving into hurricane season and tornado season and fire season. What are we going to happen? You know, what's going to happen when just as the bug starts to ramp up again, we've got the fires in California. Oh, my God. I mean, and it's going to. Nobody wants to think about this, but it's our reality. I mean, it's it's just it's going to happen. We're going to have a hurricane. Hopefully it won't be as destructive as the last time or whatever, but it's going to happen because it happens every fucking year. So, you know, we can't afford this shit. We need to take precautions. We need to get ahead of all of this. And so, you know, I mean, obviously, Joe Biden is kind of like the old school Democrat, but I I do believe that he understands what's what's on the table. I think he understands. Mm.
1: And oh, I, th- I I I I do too. And you know what makes me really happy? Hmm. You know who Simone Sanders is or yes, you, yes. you know his yes. I mean, come on. Like <laughs> if that's if that's who he has yeah. advising him. Right. Um, like I'm feeling so good when she, she's just smart. Mm-hmm. She gets it. She's young. Mm-hmm. She understands, um, how I, I believe, uh, young people think she's a woman of color. Like she just yeah. brings so much goodness to, to the, to the party, to the yeah. Biden party. Like it just, uh, you know, I, I love, I love that that is who he selected yeah. to help advise him.
0: I think we have a lot to be. You know, as much as it was disappointing that this race came down to the two oldest white men in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the race, I think it's still, the way things are going, even though it's scary and awful and Trump is, like, threatening to shoot down fucking boats. <laughs> he's, did you hear that? Yes,
1: I did. God, he's I such I, a
0: jerk. Let me see if I can find... Uh, it,
1: yes, keep, continue your thought, but then I want to say something else.
0: Well, I was just going to say, I think that we have some promising things, but what were you going to say? And all this shit, we have some promising things.
1: Mm-hmm. No, what yeah, were you going to well, say? D- I just... I, I, I look around... I mean, I look around. What am I? Who am I? <laughs> I'm, I'm like... <laughs> as I look around... No. Um, I, I try... I, I know that the days that I choose not to watch or look at his uh-huh. um, his propaganda conferences, uh-huh. um, which I never did. I I'm better off. Yeah. But, you know, I also am a big fan of Twitter, <laughs> so I get my little snippets. And what I do look for are the women who call him out mm-hmm, yeah. and like Yamiche Alcindor yes! and um, Paula Reed. Mm-hmm. And there's another woman um, who is, she's a CBS. I just started following her. Um, Wayesha. I'm going to pronounce it. Okay. We Weisha Chang. When she sat in there two days ago and called him out, for doing nothing yes so uh great. in february and March, and and he he told her to lower her voice and to relax mm-hmm. and she talked over she got her point across over you know she shut him down yeah that that's the kind of stuff that fuels my fire because he can't he doesn't know what to do with that yeah you know that 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 knocks him that, that brings him to his knees. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When he's got a smart woman who, who is battling him with facts. That's the that's glorious. Like that to me, it is the most exciting shit I could possibly see. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, uh, I don't think people are really calling him out on is I, I think he's under the influence of something and I Mm -hmm. don't, you know, yeah, look at him, listen to him, speak, Mm -hmm. Um you know I I've been in recovery for 20 years. Look at his look at his dilated pupils. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sorry, but why does no one bring that up?
0: Yeah. How
1: is this? And I guess, you know what? Sorry, Republicans are in charge. So I know yeah. why no one's bringing it up. And I and I honestly believe that, you know, you look around in some of these red states and these people who are saying my body my choice, give mm-hmm, me liberty God. or give me death. They're I, 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 I've It's more like give pictures. me liberty I and
0: s- then give me death.
1: <laughs> but I don't even think that's going to be enough to have them change their mind about whether or not they're going to support him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just don't. I think that's the extreme. And are there any... Is there any... <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but um, are there any people of color at those rallies? The, the guy with his eagle painted yeah. vest and his you know standing in a standoff against a nurse.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: I like, know. What?
0: What the what? fuck? I know. You
1: you wanna go get your nails done? Yeah. You wanna open up your theaters and your tattoos. Fucking parlors? go bowling. Bowling. Bowling <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, really? Fucking yeah. bowling. <laughs> you know, I think I, I don't remember um the the way he said it, but Jim Gaffigan did this whole thing about bowling, and it's like, yeah, stick your finger in a bowling ball and get the flu. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, it's just un. And, and again, it makes no. S- I mean, they are the death cult party. Um, there, you know, so many of them are inter- There, Britt Hume. I did an article about this yesterday. Britt Hume, Glenn Beck, and then of course Patrick Dan Patrick of uh, Lieutenant Governor of Texas. They're basically, you know, suggesting that elderly people should just go out and sacrifice their own lives for the economy. And then, you know, each one of these people suggesting that are elderly. And I'm sure they're not going and, you know, volunteering in a fucking nursing home or hospital or anything. Mm -hmm. I just I really don't understand the logic of this because it's red states. I mean, I get their logic because their logic is basically money. It's the bottom line. They they think that if they can get the economy back before. I mean the economy has taken such a fucking hard hit and this is I think we're going to have another round of this virus we we might start to lower the curve but although you know what Kemp yesterday the governor Kemp in, in Georgia is saying okay by I think it's like the 27th you can go bowling um but their, uh cases of coronavirus are going up now so it's like I don't even know what it, it's going to happen And they think that, okay, opening the economy up is going to bring – it's going to help Trump. That's what they think. And what's really going to happen is a lot of their constituents are going to get sick and die. And, I mean, it's not just about dying because only a certain portion of the public will die, but – there was an article about some actor, or I don't know, somebody in show business who was in his forties and he fucking lost his leg because yeah, of complications. The guy. Yes, of complications having to do with coronavirus. And then there's also the fact that you can have really bad, lasting, permanent lung damage. So mm-hmm. it's not just like you get like it's not the extreme of you get it mild or you die. It's like there's all these unknowns, and then it comes back. Right now, re- Japan is getting a resurg- resurgence. And then not only that, a lot of people who have been sick get sick again. So, you know, how is this going to help Trump? He's not going to bring the economy back to some super fucking, you know, wonderful number that he can point to because this is so bad. This is bad. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I mean, restaurants are affected and so many businesses are affected and people are out of work and people there's no fucking way. I don't see how this helps him in any way at all. Mm-hmm, but then what mm-hmm. he's going to do, I think what he's going to do is he's going to point to the Democratic governors who told everybody to stay home when the when the Republican governors were putting everybody out and saying, go ahead and go out. He's going to point to the Democratic governors and say, look what happened there. Their economies are worse or whatever. He's going to look for whatever negatives for basically saving lives. Mm-hmm.
1: Well... I- It it, to me is, you know, we hear about the stories of the guy um, and I I wish I could remember his name, but he was a Broadway actor. His Mm -hmm. wife is also an actor. They met doing some adorable Broadway show um, and he lost his leg. Um, So so his career is essentially over because he sings and dances for a living. Right. Um, uh, But but do you know, have you have you do you follow a guy by the name of Michael Harriet? Yes. okay. He writes for the root, but he's like, he's one of my most favorite Twitter people because he just, he's brilliant. Yes, And he, he, he just calls it like he sees it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he wrote this piece today in the root. Um, and it, and and he says, open the economy is the new white lives matter. Wow. And he gives a lot of facts and figures, you know, give me liberty or give me death. That's a quote. You know, he, he, he puts it in quotes in it and it says a slave owner. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, when you look around, he, he, as I said, he quotes facts and figures, mm-hmm. but, but disproportionately people of color, black and Brown people are the ones who are being ravaged yes. by the coronavirus. Yes. He s he gives one at, um, I'm going to try to find it real quick so that I don't make people's eyes glaze over. But, um, the death toll in this country has eclipsed 42,000. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We we have 800,000 cases nationally, n- nationally, nationally, who have tested positive mm-hmm. for coronavirus. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know, the, I, I don't know if you saw if you if you watched all of Rachel last night, but there were nurses and doctors who were giving their accounts of what it's like in the hospitals where they are treating mm-hmm. patients. And one woman, um, I don't know if she was in Long Island or if she was in Manhattan or wherever she was, but a nurse, she goes, I don't know what you're thinking, but if you want to come out, if you want to get back out into the world, like you, you're going to get sick and then we don't have capacity to take care of you. We don't. So yeah. Okay. While what we're doing is flattening the curve, Mm -hmm. there is not going to be capacity. Those are two different things. Um, So you know, while uh, back to the Harriet article, um, people in certain states, protesters in Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, Michigan, Minnesota, New Hampshire, Idaho, Texas, and in California, because, of course, Huntington Beach was out there protesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. He, he's saying they'd rather see people die than watch their 401ks decrease. Yes, exactly. OK, it's money. OK. And then they're calling themselves civil rights protesters, which is just so offensive, yeah. you know, from the jump. But but it, it it's really um, he, he goes into to citing figures. You know, he said in Vermont, the whitest state in the union, the percentage of black people infected with covid-19 is 10 times the black population percentage. Wow. OK, it, it, these are facts. Yeah. Nobody's talking about that. Do we still has Trump still ever. Stepped up to the podium and said, nope, I, I just want to take a moment of silence mm-hmm. for the, you know, 42,000 souls loss.
0: Yeah. Nope. No, he doesn't. He no, doesn't give a shit.
1: Congr- he congratulates himself on the great job they're doing. Yeah. They haven't. They, they haven't. How many how many tests did Mike Pence say they were going right. to have completed by the end of March?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Were it like a 10th.
0: Yeah. Oh my God, they they have, you know, it's, I was just thinking this last night that 20 years ago, if you would have said, um, we're going to have a global pandemic and Donald Trump will be the president. I mean, everybody would have laughed at you and said, yeah, uh uh-huh. And now here we are. You like anybody who would be president, whether it was Mitt Romney or Hillary Clinton or Obama or whatever president, George W. Bush. This would have been handled better. Maybe one person would have handled it better than the other, you know, but because did you see that thing on um, Fauci? Is that the Fauci? I think it was Ari Melber did a piece on him. It's really fascinating because he was just talking about, you know, he graduated first in his class in Cornell and he has been respected by every single president. He had he had clips of each president, Obama, W, everybody praising him. Um, And so, you know, but. Again, no matter who would be the president, uh, this would have been handled better. And there's like Trump is an anomaly. He, mm-hmm. it, nobody would handle it as bad as Trump. You know, I mean, it's like perhaps W's wouldn't have been as great. But, you know, as much as I don't like him and as much as I think that he was a fucking idiot, because I don't give him as much credit. I mean, I give Cheney the credit for being destructive. But I think, you know, and W picked him. But and, and he really wanted Cheney. He was smart enough to know that he wanted Cheney, and when I say smart enough, I mean they have their, they had their agenda, and I think they they played out their agenda pretty well. They were destructive and awful and all that, but you know there 's no denying that even though you may not like george w bush he's, he feels patriotic toward this country, he loves his country, and he got things wrong, but he made the effort, and I, you know he even said i think there was, I think there was some kind of um, either warning or or something about a pandemic to make sure you're prepared for a pandemic. Mm -hmm, And it's mm -hmm. like the only person in the world who would screw it up to the degree of this is, is Trump. We like, and it's just like, I can't even believe that we're in this situation because no matter what, I mean, Romney would have been done a better job. Anyone of even fucking Ted Cruz would have done a better job. You know, I fucking hate Ted Cruz, but he would have done a better job. And so like, we're in the situation now that it just feels so dire i mean i saw today it that, is dire yeah it is
1: dire Forty-two thousand people are dead um you know when is why is there nobody there who's taking control of the situation because
0: because the the republicans have all the control and you know it's like david sirota who was bernie sanders whatever um I don't know what his official role was, but he was like, he, and I think it was Ryan Grimm who writes for The Intercept, were yelling at Democrats saying you need to do more. You know, you're just sitting there being lazy and it's like, hello, hello, Mitch McConnell isn't going to fucking do a goddamn thing. What do you think? Because let me find what, um, so, okay. So David Sirota tweeted this out. Dems control the house. Why do they keep sitting sitting there waiting for McConnell's McConnell's typical move where he passes garbage to them and walks away, daring them to reject it. Why don't they pass their own bills and force him to deal with it? Like, that's going to fucking matter. Like, that's going to fucking matter. Like, that's going to make all the difference in the world. Hello, Merrick Garland. He doesn't give a shit. He is totally... Ryan Grimm also said something like, what's stopping Democrats from writing their bills? And it's like, Mitch McConnell, that's who. It's the entire Republican Party. They've become this death cult. And they don't give a shit about helping anybody. They only want to help themselves. They feel the they are circling the drain and they feel it. So they're either going to get that last grip and they're going to s- save themselves, which means this country dies, or they're going to get pummeled. And I mean, you know what gives me hope is Michigan and they say that there were seven, I don't know, I think it was seven. I don't know if it was seven deaths. And I hope it's not deaths, but it's at least seven Corona virus situations coming from the vote when they had to vote. Right, um, right, right. I saw that myself. But it's there, like yeah. I think in November, even if this is is you know coming back harder and stronger, it is not going to stop people from voting. We will stand. It'll be cold. We'll be standing in lines, social distancing with our fucking masks, and it'll we'll stand there. We'll mm-hmm. do it. If we can't vote by mail, then we're going to stand there and we're going to show up to vote because. It is that important. And I do think they are circling the drain, but it's just a matter of like we, you know, and, and keep this in mind. We need to get to, we need to crush the Republican party. We need to humiliate them so that there is no question, because I guarantee you, if this is a, if this election comes down to a few percentage points, it goes to the mm-hmm. Supreme court and then guess what happens? Right. You know, so we, we have to-, to show up in numbers so huge that they cannot be ignored, that Brett Kavanaugh can't decide that it goes to Donald Trump because he he is going to fight this. He, he will have a much harder time fighting this. And John Roberts won't give it to him. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, as much as John Roberts has been siding. John Republic, Roberts,
1: what a disappointment. Yes, he's he, become. he is.
0: But I think that Did if you see
1: Sheldon Whitehouse walk down the hall. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, with all of the 80 different five, four um decisions, I think if I'm if I'm saying it correctly. Um it it like Roberts has just been an epic yeah, he's
0: been he's been an epic he's been very partisan. But I think in this particular case, because there have been times, you know, when they've ruled on stuff and he's actually come down on the side of sanity. And I think that if if, if you know if there's like a four hundred I think Bob was uh talking about my boyfriend was talking about um if Trump's I think it's a Trump's approval at handling the virus equated into an electoral thing. And I I think he saw this somewhere. It'd be like more than 400 electoral votes against him. So that's what we need. We need such a massive landslide that even John Roberts is like, no, like I can't do this Mm because Brett Kavanaugh mm -hmm. would, I think Brett Kavanaugh would just find a reason. But um, I think that, you know, John Roberts would, I would hope. And I think that he would, because it would be so obvious so, um, you know, but that's what we need. We need people to show up. And I think people will, because this is our fucking livelihoods. And it's like, again, Hillary Clinton would not have been able to prevent coronavirus. But I think it's Molly Jong Fast keeps retweeting that uh, there's like 236 deaths in South Korea. And then there's us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, a lot of this could have been prevented. And we, he's the worst president of, the, of all time. He's just the worst of all time. And, you know, he has these fucking conversations with Vladimir Putin. And he doesn't tell us. Nobody knows what they talk about. And it was not last week, but the week before he had two conversations with Putin. And, you know, I don't know. I, I have no idea what the details are as far as what kind of conversations they have, whether it's orders given. But he's got shit on Trump. He's got... I'm sure he has binders full of information on Trump that he holds <laughs> over his head. And so he just gets to dictate, here's what you're going to do, here's how you're going to handle this. And I think Trump just does it. Mm-hmm. You know, he t- and whether it's coming directly from Putin or from, you know, one of the people who works for Putin, I think that's what a, a lot of Trump's ideas are coming from Russia because their goal is to destroy our democracy. Putin is desperate to be the superpower. He's desperate for that. That's what he wants.
1: The superpower. God, I want to vomit. I know. It's just, it's disgusting. We have to, you're, you, are, you are so correct. We, you know, look what we did in 2018, right? Yeah. yeah. Look what just happened in Wisconsin. People risked their lives yeah. voting. They risked their lives to vote because they want change that bad. Yeah. Okay. So, they risked their lives and again. they stood
0: in hail. It was hailing, and they just fucking and now, stood and there. Now a
1: bunch of them are sick. Yeah. Um. Nebraska's in bad shape. I mean, like, I, I, I we don't. I don't need to. I don't need to. Um. You know, dwell. Mm-hmm. But damn.
0: I know. I know. Damn. I know. It's it's all so um. I don't know. It's just, it's freakish. And then on top of it, Barr is threatening legal action against the states for keeping people under, and then it's, he says, house arrest. Which, of course, we are not under house arrest. He's so vile. He is so vile. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's so awful. I mean, these people have to be stopped. Stopped. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and it's just, it's us. It's us who, It's we're the ones who are going to have to do it. Yep. And then, okay, so on a lighter note, I'm going to change the subject, our our last bit of conversation. Have you seen seen the conversations going around the internet about Karen? Yes.
1: Karen wants to speak to the manager.
0: (laughs) Well, basically, Karen, I guess, is supposed to be like maybe a white woman, maybe a Trump voter, but I don't know if it's only a Trump voter, but there was this account that... um, (laughs) posted i'm getting to it it's here it is okay this this woman named uh, emily swaven who she okay she's now i see she has changed her um she's a canadian activist and she has changed her bio because the other day it said activist but spelled with a u like activist and she was following no one now she's following 30 43 people but anyway She puts up a meme that says, with this picture of a blonde woman who looks like your typical Trump voter, and it says, yes, or the meme says, dear millennials, stop saying Karen. Karen is a sexist and racist term equivalent to the N-word for white women. Calling a woman Karen is an attempt to get rid of a woman's right to stand up for themselves. And then so this Emily what? yeah, Emily person says, yes, the K word is stronger than the N word. At least currently, misogyny and patriarchy has been around longer than slavery. slavery. Just don't use either. OK. And I quote tweeted and I said, except that people say Karen, not the K word. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> the way I look at this, I mean, if somebody wants to call me a Karen and I'm, you know, I've been I've been called all kinds of things, I don't give a shit. Because you know what? I was nobody's slave. I was never... I've I've certainly experienced my fair share of sexism and all that. And, you know, mm-hmm. I can... I've been fortunate enough to not have to really deal with too much misogyny personally. I've dealt with sexism. But, you know, I can look out and I can see the misogyny out there. But um, I was never somebody's slave. You know? So it's like, if you want to call me Karen, I'm not going to freak out. I don't give a shit. You know, it's like it's not the N word. (laughs) It's like nobody says the K word except for this person who tweeted that. And she did get like major ratioed. It was really funny, but this is really a thing and I've seen it. There's also Becky. There's also like white women are referred to as Becky. (laughs) And, um, and it's like, I don't care. It's like, if you want to call me Becky, I'm not going to freak out about it. I just don't give a shit. There's so many other things to worry about than being called Karen or Becky. (laughs) You know? <laughs> and right, the funny thing right. is, is that when I was a little girl, I wanted my name to be Karen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Um, I used to always pick cute names like Betsy and Becky when we <laughs> would play house or whatever. Like, yeah. okay, so we're going to be sisters. I'm going to be Bessie <laughs> and you can be Betsy. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's so who cares? funny. Yeah. Who gives a shit? But it's like they're going to, you know, I mean, yes, we have had misogyny forever, but. Um, but this is not the hill that I want to die on. I don't want to die on the Karen Hill. I I don't give a shit about the fucking Karen Hill. It's like so stupid. And unfortunately, the truth of the matter is there's a lot of white women. There's a lot of white people who are voting for Trump. And, you know, the way that the way we're going to beat Trump is people of color, people of whether it's, you know, Latina, whether it's, uh, black people or Latina, you know, Latinx is, I guess the right phrase, Hispanic voters, um, people of color, are going to mm-hmm. save this country because fucking white people are stupid. They came out with a, a poll the other day. I think it was, it might have been NBC or I'm ABC. Just letting
1: you roll, girl.
0: <laughs> but it's like, you know, Wall Street Journal. Okay, so it's Wall Street Journal. But it's like, all these fucking white people are still for Trump. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? But you know what? It just, it just proves how ridiculously privileged white people are. And of course, I don't hate white people, but I recon- I am white, but I'm like, so fu- I'm like Courtney Love White. But it's like, I recognize our own privilege and stupidity and selfishness. It's not stupidity, it's more selfish. You know, it's like, as long as my life is fine, you know, I don't care. And it's just, it drives me crazy that white people are still so in their bubble of privilege. I feel very fortunate because my mother moved us, I mean, first of all, I was born in Baltimore. There's, there's a a pretty decent, you know, there's a big black population. And, and as, since I've come back, I can see that it's way more diverse. Like I remember being a little girl. And of course I don't, I was eight when, when I moved. And when I was in school, I mean, I, I remember there was, it was more of, there was more white people and black people. Of course, there might've been some Mexican kids and Asian kids here and there, but that's my memory. When I went to California, um, well, the first school that I went to was in Brentwood. So that, that was like a, that's a very affluent neighborhood. We, we were living in an apartment and we had a roommate, but I got to go to school with a lot of wealthy white children. But then when we moved to different neighborhoods, like I I went to school in Laurel Canyon, I went to school in Silver Lake, you know, in Silver Lake, I was, I was one of the only white kids in school. Mostly it was um, Hispanic kids and then Asian, lots of different, kinds of, there was like South Korean, North Korean, Japanese, Chinese, like tons of Asian kids, lots of, um, some, uh, some Islanders and, um, you know, and then, and then there were black and white people were probably about the same. Maybe we made up 10% of the school population and, and it was a lot of Hispanics and a lot of Asians. And, and I understood, like I've said this before on the show, but I didn't feel like, I, like if a black child goes to a white school, I would guess that black child feels intimidated and probably gets a lot of um, shit. You know, they get a lot of they have to deal with a lot of racist shit as a white Worse. as a white person who went to a school with people of color. I didn't get shit for being white. So I never experienced that. I wasn't singled out. I've had I had some experiences that weren't great, but it really didn't have to do with my skin color so much, and so I still had that privilege. But I had the benefit of under you know just you know being with different cultures and people with different skin colors and different you know they're like one of my best friends when I was in eighth grade. I don't know what I know she was Korean, but I don't know where they were from. But I mean I would spend the night at her house all the time, and you know, I, I was very close with her and, and her family was very, very Korean, you know? And it was like, and as a child, I mean, I just didn't give a shit. I liked my friend and that's what I thought about. So, I mean, I feel like yeah. I've, I've been really fortunate that a, I had, especially my mom who is, well, absolutely not put up with racism and calls people out to their face, you know, and she's done it in of course front of she me. Does. You know, it's like, there've been people who have said the N word and she's like, no, you can't say that around me. Guy don't put up with that shit, and so I saw that very early on, and i feel I feel fortunate because it gave me a perspective that I feel like you know, yeah, we all need equality, we all need it, it doesn't matter what skin color you are, but there's so many people in this country who don't feel that way, and it's just sad you know i mean i used to I went out with a black man for a while, and um it was interesting because when I first dated him um or first started going out with him, it was kind of like. It was new because I had never gone. I mean, I had dated Mexican guys that had much darker skin than I did, but I had never dated a black guy. And um, so this particular man, it was like, I remember feeling like at first that it was kind of fun and different because his skin was so much darker. I mean, Of course, it didn't matter, but it was new. It was just a new experience. And then as we continued on dating, it was like I didn't even I didn't see it. I didn't think about it. I just saw him. You know, I mean, it's not that I only looked at his color, but I, I, I recognized it initially. And then as we continued dating, it was just nothing. And um, I would sometimes talk to some of my friends about the fact that I dated, you know, like after we broke up, I would say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I went out with this guy and, and I mentioned that he was black. And my, some of my white friends would say, I could never date a black person. And it's <gasps> oh, like, I can't. oh. I just can't. I just can't. It's just it's so and it's like they have no fear to say it. Like it's just like oh yeah, that's an acceptable thing for me to say. And it's uh-huh. so fucking offensive. You know, and it's yeah. it's just like, you know, I mean, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't. And it's like, okay, I mean, I get that, you know, there are some people who are only attracted to thin people and some people who are only attracted to heavy people. You know, I mean, everybody has their preferences. But this isn't about preference. This is about race. And it's just so ugly. It's just so ugly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I had a friend. She's no longer my friend for this reason and many, because she's for also. For a variety of she, reasons? Yeah. And this was, <laughs> she was also the one who said, I could never date a black man. Um, her boyfriend, when Barack Obama won, and I mean, I was like, I was so excited. And she's like, yeah. And she mentioned her boyfriend's name, said that this is now the blackification of America. And then she used that term on her own so many times. And it was so disgusting to me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I said, we've never had a black. What do you, and an event, I mean, it didn't take very long after she said that. It was like, all right, I found a way out. We were, we have, that was the second time. I uh like we had we had been friends and and something happened and we weren't friends for 5 years and then we got back in touch and uh during those 5 years I had dated the black eye and um you know so I had told her and she said that and then she says the blackification of America and I was like okay.
1: Oh I okay with, and I guess what check please.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we are no longer friends.
1: <laughs> Oy, that's hard to hear.
0: It is hard to hear. That's, hard just,
1: that's just hard to hear.
0: Stupid fucking white people.
1: Ugh. It's just all scary. Damn, Damn girl. <sighs>
0: but, you know, that's what we're um, dealing with. So, I mean, that, that goes back, and I'm, I'm going to close this, but that goes back to the, um, I mean, we're not ready, obviously, to put a woman as the frontrunner for the party. Well, we did no. with, with Hillary Clinton. We did. But, um, yeah,
1: we did, but it didn't happen because let's face it. There were a lot of people in our own party that weren't ready to vote for a woman. And some of those people were women. Yes. We lit the patriarchy is strong and and alive. Yeah. And so we got to smash that that fucker. (laughs) That's right. Someone said to me, um, you know, cause I'm, I'm running and, uh, running for city council in Oakland's district one, uh, Steph for Oakland.com. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm running against two men right now. Maybe someone else is going to jump in the race. I don't know. This has been a weird time to campaign. You know, we were gangbusters out there on the campaign trail and then, then the shelter in place began. And so we've had to get really creative, but, um, someone said to me, I heard a story about you. This is, this is one of my opponents. I heard a story about you. Oh, really? What's that? that you're just really angry that Trump was elected and you want to see a woman in this seat, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go, wow. Okay. Yes, I am really angry that Trump got elected. And that is exactly what lit the fire. And the day yeah. after that presidential election, the day after it was taken from a woman and given to a racist misogynist, mm-hmm. I can't state that enough. Yeah. You bet. My husband and I decided that I was going to run yeah. for city council in, in 2020. Literally. Yeah. Like we came to that decision as a couple. This is what we are doing and this is what is going to happen because women, there are so many capable women leaders yes. out there who have been told time and again, wait your turn. Yeah. It's not, We're your not ready for yeah. a woman in this seat. Don't you have kids to take care yeah. of?
0: Yeah. Which Maybe they never you say should to just men. run
1: for school board. Mm hmm. That someone said, a man said that to me at a house party. Maybe you should just run for school board. Not that that, not that school board, school board is a very important yeah. position and there's one per district in Oakland. Yeah, but you're just dismissed. But no, dismissed down I don't want to run for school board. Yeah. I want to run for city council. Enough. Wait a minute. We're not having this conversation, sir. <laughs> okay. But so, yeah. There are a lot of capable women leaders. There are a lot of women of color who have been told since they were little kids, "Not you, because of who you are, yeah. because of the color of your skin, mm-hmm. and because you're a girl."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know what? Fuck that noise. Yes. So I'm a grown-up woman of color. Although some people some people want to take that away from me. I love that too. Those are discussions <laughs> that I just won't have. Yeah. yeah. You're just a you're just another white lady, and I'm oh, like, oh okay. god. Um. Not hey it doesn't matter what I am, but I'm just saying when people in my town look to leadership, yeah. they need to see themselves looking back at them. Yeah. And I, and I see a lot of kids that look like me and a lot of people that look like me and there's, we need more of that representation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We definitely, yeah. we absolutely need representation. That looks Whoa! like a fucking country.
1: Whoa. <laughs> I All had right. To stand up. To, I had to stand up for that tirade. <laughs> wow!
0: Whoa! All right. So here's the deal. Uh, You will be joining me either Tuesday or Thursday of next week for a patrons-only show. And not sure which day that's going to be. We're going to decide on that a little later. Um, But for now, why don't you... Now, you are running for city council, and I just want to tell everybody here in Oakland that because of COVID, people like Steph who are running on these um, down tickets, who don't have big national names, are having a much harder time campaigning. So you guys know how cool she is. Donate to her campaign. I'm gonna include the link Aww. on the Patreon description. And even if it's a dollar, I mean whatever you can yes, afford. If even you, if it's
1: a fifteen dollars, one dollar, whatever.
0: whatever. But of course yes, you also have to, yes. you know you also have to support the show. <laughs> no, but and in this particular case it's about yeah. it's about Steph because we want her to uh, get this position. She's gonna be great and donate to her anything you I can afford. Be because people you know, we need to pay attention to all of these down ballot tickets who are not able to get the exposure that they would normally get. So we really have to focus on that. Um, and, right. then, and local
1: government is so important, especially yes, now. I mean, look what's happening exactly. you know, at the federal level. Our local leaders, we have to look to our, our local leaders to be accountable and transparent. And yeah. here's what's going on. And here's where the resources are. And here's how you can get help. Yeah. You know that's 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 what we need. Local government. I mean, that's like the most direct contact you're going to get. And right? nobody cares right, more so than you. Make sure you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nobody cares
0: more than me. nobody. So um, and then I you can't... changed you changed your Twitter handle. What is it?
1: Yeah. You know when I when I when I opened up my Twitter account, I had I was doing the Lady Brain Show that that TV show and and um, podcast and so. Uh, I have a, an amazing following. I have 1700 followers and I'm just, I love, I love to engage and I I love it. You know, it was like, there's so much that that rose out of the resistance. Right. So I changed it though, because my name is Stephanie Dominguez Walton and I've got a little political account called Steph for Oakland, Mm -hmm. but I changed my Twitter handle yesterday to be Steph D Walton. And I would love it if you would follow me there. And I'm, you know, I'm going to post on the campaign. I'm going to post on things that that matter to me. Um, And yeah, you know, any, any, uh, support there, you know, if you, if even retweeting and just getting the mm-hmm. message out is just so unbelievably helpful.
0: So I will, I will be in post- quest. Yes. And I will be posting all of that information in the Patreon description. So be sure to follow Steph on Twitter and whatever you can Beaks. donate, donate. So normally I yes. do an outro, but I'm, I'm not going to do a lone outro cause it's just me and Steph. And so don't forget I'm author Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y. You can find me mm-hmm. on Amazon and all my books are there. Peyton's choice, is like the the main seller so you know keep it up i appreciate it's a killer book (laughs) and thank you everybody good book (laughs) it's about abortion (laughs) but uh thank you everybody as always you know we love you and stephanie steph and i will be back on a more personal show next week so we look forward to seeing you and talking to you then so we'll take care until next wednesday thank thank you you
1: for doing this oh
0: sure well let's let's get steph some money because she needs some money all right everybody she needs some money
1: Oh, your campaign needs money and just, just, you know, I, I will say my final, my final thing, I am running against a two term uh, incumbent who get, you know, when you, when the ballot designation comes out, his, it's his name and the word incumbent, Yeah, you know, and so people who aren't, you know, we're all paying attention and, and Oakland is a very engaged community. People are very engaged in politics, but for those who aren't, who just vote during presidential Mm -hmm. elections, they're going to look and go. Oh, city council's up in my district? Okay, incumbent. Right, check. exactly. So I am, I am busting my entire ass on a daily basis yeah. to stay out there. I'm, I have a house party tomorrow night, a virtual house party. I have another one Friday night. Um, if you live in Oakland and you want to engage with me, you can also hit me up, you know, stephforoakland.com uh, or steph at stephforoakland.com is my email address. But yeah, I just, I just love... Uh, you know, trying to stay engaged, trying to stay out there, trying to be a resource to the community and any support you can offer is, is helpful. Yeah. Anything. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Well, we will talk to you next week. Have a good week, everybody stay home and stay safe.